0: This is exactly right. Scotty, you ready? Ooh, yeah, hey, I am ready. You're the first person I've talked to today. Ooh, that's nice. I like that. Hell yeah. Uh,
1: I'm giving you choice mm. uh, graves or birds? Damn. Well, yeah. birds. Come on. Uh, I know. Birds. I know. I know. Come it's, on. It's bananas. Our specialty is birds, buttholes, and what else? I've forgotten. That's enough for me. Here it is. A pigeon was caught in a prison yard with a tiny backpack of meth.
0: All right. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes, we were flies. sent this by upwards of 10,000 bananas, <laughs> but I am happy to talk about it. We'll unpack this flying felon on a brand new episode of Bananas. Ah, that's great.
1: Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. Scotty is across from me. His name is Scotty Landis. He's uh, oh oh. He's the best. More. He's the best guy.
0: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. that's Curtie B, my homeboy that I'm going up to Portland with to do a Bananas live at like 4:30 sometime in April. I think April, April 15th, pal. I am so excited. Portland, come on out to the Helium Comedy Club. Do an afternoon with us. Then I'm going to get some food. And then I'm going right back to watch Kurti B. do stand-up. Because that's how much I love that guy. Yeah! Uh, Kurt, how about that Super Bowl, huh? Ooh, gosh.
1: You know there's one thing I'm always following. It's the Super Bowl. I start, but I get excited... Right after it's over. Because that's when I start thinking about next year's Super
0: Bowl. Yeah. So it's uh so when this comes out, the Super Bowl will have happened, the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Kansas City Chiefs. And can oh my you believe who that. won, Kurt? The Eagles are the Chiefs. Can you believe who won? <laughs> that's amazing. You know, I was going in there thinking it was one. Yeah. And then when it was the other, I was surprised. Can't believe it, but we can all agree Rihanna was an excellent halftime show.
1: Oh,
0: it was fire. It was Gosh. fire.
1: It was really great. We loved all of it, really. Mm.
0: And um, oh, that commercial where they dropped all the gravel in the back of that truck, and the truck and held it, maintained its composure, and then drove away. That was a great commercial. My favorite commercial was the one with the dog. That dog mm-hmm. was
1: so funny. Oh, I'm laughing I mean, already. That
0: dog deserves his own show. <laughs> yeah, he's the he's the MVP of the Super Bowl. That dog that did that funny thing.
1: I'll be honest. I was watching the commercials, and I was saying, this is the show. This should be the show.
0: You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know, it's pretty great. Besides, everybody that listens to Bananas probably watches the (laughs) Puppy Bowl instead, as they should. As they should. As they should. More entertaining. But last year's Super Bowl, all electric vehicles and crypto- and since uh-huh. crypto has tanked so hard <laughs> so, what? everybody treat. hates Elon Musk. So it's really pretty wonderful. <laughs> so who knows what this year will be?
1: I remember seeing a tweet right after. It's like, the main thing about crypto is that you don't, you just don't see a lot of commercials
0: for dollars. Yes. <laughs> yeah, for you don't cash. see a lot of commercials <laughs> for the euro. <laughs> yeah. When they got to convince you to use it, you know you're in trouble. Yeah uh shout out to all our crypto heads out there <laughs> what's up to all the crypto bros you're you don't listen to bananas we know that to be true i wonder how many. yeah there's probably a very tiny
1: percentage of uh, of of crypto enthusiasts who listen to bananas and for them i i love you, you can yeah we're glad to have them.
0: you all send opinions are welcome but the most important opinion is that crypto Tank last year and all those people who did the celebrity endorsements are getting yeah. sued, so that's fun, too.
1: Oh, really?
0: Yeah, for, like, they won't win. But even, like, Larry David, who in his commercial made fun of crypto and said anybody that buys it's an idiot, he even was on this part. Yeah, they sued him.
1: Wow, really? That's fascinating. I, I love think it was
0: FTX or that. whatever. Oh, I watched the funniest thing the other night so i was watching paramount plus and i was ha- having a ball mm. god what a streamer and they had i six- watch
1: paramount plus so much i just call pp
0: <laughs> yeah that's i say you want to sit down you want to get
1: some pp on <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and i was watching 60 minutes you know living my age and mm-hmm. <laughs> they did a follow-up to a story from like a year or two ago it was uh john wertheim who's pretty good And he goes over to England, and they were talking about pubs. So I was all ears. I love a British pub. You Mm. love a British pub. I love it. Come on. Um, Because, you
1: know, the pub isn't just a bar, folks.
0: No, sir. It's a gathering place. It's a place for children to run around, I think. Yes. You meet in the afternoon. You can have a bite to eat. The owners are Mm -hmm. called Publicans, which is interesting. I did not know that. Here's another interesting fact. Do you know why they have all the zany names? Like it's always the grape and the fiddle or the horse and the sword or whatever. Uh, No, and I want to be told. I learned this on 60 Minutes on PP. What? It's because up until modern times, most people visiting pubs were illiterate, so they would do signage that was a picture of two things so that they would be able to be like, I'm walking towards the crow and the hen or whatever. So literally on the sign would be the two things that people could identify the pub because they couldn't read.
1: No way.
0: That's what John Wertheim said.
1: I love that. Also, the fact that you said I'm watching 60 Minutes as is my age, and I was thinking about it. It's like it. It is fascinating how much, like when our parents were our age. Yep, hundred percent. 60 Minutes Sunday nights, a, it like weekly staple. Absolutely, that was TV made for them mm-hmm. prob- and by them. Really, it was.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's no spring chickens on that crew. If Anderson Cooper's the youngest dude on your roster. You're a dinosaur, but so the, so the story <laughs> was that in the past twenty five years about oh there's more
1: I oh, didn't even know this there was, was the more. interesting so part to me
0: in the past twenty five years about fifteen thousand pubs have closed okay mm-hmm. that's a Whoa. crazy number that's a lot but in then the world or... Rathine, yeah that's okay. a lot mm-hmm. he goes that puts the number of pubs in England at around fifty thousand pubs. So then I'm you know, cleaning, folding laundry, doing the stuff I do when I'm watching 60 Minutes. And then the next day I go, wait a second, 50,000 pubs? <laughs> so then I got into it. So yeah. England is roughly the size of Alabama geographically. <laughs> I looked up how many bars were in Alabama. Take a wild guess. How many bars are in Alabama? Yeah. A a state with, I don't know, 500 people in it, it seems like. (laughs) I'm going to say... Lower than you think. I'll I'll give you a hint. It's lower than you're thinking. All right, 10,000. In the state of Alabama, there are 249 (laughs) bars. Okay. So in England, there are 50,000. In Alabama, there are 249,000. But then you go, hey, there are a lot more people in England. There's 56 million people in England. 56
1: They're- million. All right. California. That's a tri-state area, right? That would be That's like right. New
0: Jersey, New York, and Connecticut. That's right. So California has about 50 million. So we're, okay. right, we're right there with them. Great. How many bars and restaurants do you think are in California? Very popular state. Huge state. Big. Huge. Very Top five big five biggest state. states, I bet. 25,000. Six thousand four hundred twenty-eight counting <laughs> nightclubs. So in California, we have less than sixty five hundred. In England, they're worried that they're down to fifty thousand bucks. That is so many bars per capita. Uh, is, I want to see how many it is per person.
1: What right. is the number?
0: It's What's um the number fifty-six million divided by fifty thousand, but really take the kids out of there, take ten million off for kids. So forty six. Forty-six million divided by fifty thousand. Forty-six million <laughs> divided by. How many pubs per person?
1: Thousand equals <laughs> one pub for every nine hundred and twenty people. Incredible. Under a thousand. Incredible.
0: That's amazing. I that thought is... about it for twenty-four hours because, like, the next day I was like, "Wait a second, fifty thousand is a lot of." <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> and I was right. <laughs> Wow, that is genuinely surprising. Here's to you, London. We want to come. We want to do a banana show there. Um, it's probably in our two-year plan to get our butts over there and do a live show for y'all.
1: I don't know if the Soho Theater does uh, live show, live, uh, live podcasts, but if they do...
0: We'll get there. Please have us.
1: Uh, and if you're around in uh, uh, before or after you watch uh, Bananas mm. in Portland, mm. April 15th, you can mm. see me. I'm doing stand-up the 13th, 14th, and 15th. I'll be there. Uh, Scotty will be there. I can't Come wait to see Scotty at a show.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll high five you, I'll buy a round of drinks. I don't care, I'm crazy. Here it is. This was sent in
1: by Alex Hartley. Thank you, uh, Alex. This was sent in by One Million Bananimals yep. but Up Alex there. Hartley is who I'm giving credit to. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is in Vice, written by uh, Manisha Krishnan. Thank you, Manisha. Or Way Manisha. to go. Best in the biz. A pigeon was caught in a prison yard with a tiny backpack of meth.
0: Adorable. And
1: and when I, and it is, uh, this backpack is adorable. It is. It is is also painted to look exactly like the bird
0: pigeon blue, pigeon purple, whatever color that is to you.
1: It was like gray blue with like a little smidge of dark coloring so it doesn't look like. You know, doesn't stand out. Here it is. Pigeon found in a Canadian prison yard with a tiny backpack filled with meth is carrying on a decades-long tradition of avian drug smuggling. The pigeon was captured at the Pacific Institution in Abbotsford, British mm-hmm. Columbia, in late December, according to the CBC. John Randall, the Pacific Regional President of the Union for Canadian Correctional Officers, told the CBC The Bird... Was in an inmate yard when officers on site noticed it had a tiny package on its back. That package contained 30 grams of meth. They had to also... Mm. This, is, this is so crazy to me. It's a lot of meth. It's a lot of meth. Mm. Can you think of... I, I am shocked...
0: Mm. That meth is popular in prisons. Yeah, what do you do with that energy in prison? chin What do you do?
1: Yeah. You just like sit in your room and like walk two feet by two feet over and over and over again?
0: Uh, yeah. That like, seems like a brutal one.
1: That seems brutal. Like heroin, I get it. You're just going to lay down you on your check bed out.
0: and go somewhere.
1: Yeah. Meth seems like, oh, baby, here we go. Yeah. Quote, they had to corner it, Randall said. You can imagine how they would look trying to catch a pigeon. He said they captured the bird after a
0: lengthy period of time. I mean, that's the video you want to see.
1: Only the Canadians would admit that. Do you know what I mean? Humble enough to (laughs) say, yes, we did have five prison guards running after a bird for a lengthy period of time. (laughs) Yeah. Corrections Canada is investigating the incident, according to media reports. Um <laughs> the bird looks so very proud. Yeah. The bird he's he's very alert, he's poking up and he's wearing job. a full on backpack. Yep. While prison staff visitors' ma- mail and drones are more commonly used to get contraband into jail, pigeons also have a long history of transporting drugs and also wearing tiny backpacks. Apparently. Sure. Of course. A New York Times article from February 2nd, 1930. Heard of it. Noted that pigeons with capsules of drugs like cocaine tied to their legs were plaguing the southern border. Being surrounded by pigeons is unde- undesirable at the best of times. Oh, come on. Come Even on. More so when they're participating. In the drug trade. The Times reported that smugglers were raising their own homing pigeons, a breed that can travel great distances and still return to their home lofts. Pigeons can fly up to 700 miles a day.
0: I didn't know that.
1: to the Pigeon Control Resource Center. Uh, you know, I call it P-C-R-C, but we can spell it out here. Whatever you want. In 2017, a homing pigeon carrying 178 pills from Iraq to Kuwait. And yes, another backpack was trapped by Kuwaiti officials near
0: customs. Conflicted I wonder if they love it
1: uh what the birds yeah they They're have a job all yeah, of a sudden they seem to be great at it yeah uh unless we forget narco paloma don't i love that they've named this bird absolutely a pigeon busted smuggling weed and cocaine into la reforma a prison security pr- uh, maximum security prison in costa rica in 2015 mm-hmm. and then turned mm-hmm. into a meme the bird was turned over to a rehab center afterwards uh the kind for animals uh, it says turned into a meme. I'm clicking on that link, Scotty. How hard are you laughing? <laughs> not hard
0: at all is the
1: answer. It's not that good of a meme. I can't see it. It's, there's so many things in here. Um, it's from the Tico Times, and it says, Costa Rica meme makers, we applaud you, and then it's just got a bunch of memes. This is an article that just features memes of Costa Rica. I love that. God
0: damn. Love that Costa Rica Oh, man. But like, uh, there are practical implications besides running drugs. First of all, a lot of these pigeons got thr- <clears> through. Excuse me, got through. Yeah. So for everyone they catch, how many of these pigeons are getting in? 90? Yeah, right? 90% of the pigeons? It's- how many
1: pigeons? I would love to know that. That's like one of those unknowable numbers, right? Yes. How many pigeons are flying in? To prisons with drugs.
0: I mean, I bet it's a lot. If they're still doing it after whatever the first one was, nineteen thirties, hundred years of pigeons delivering drug capsules. Exactly. So cool in little backpacks. The main I would... thing
1: with that is that. Sorry to cut you off, but no problem. The main difficulty I I see in it is um, there's really no reason ever to grab a pigeon in a prison yard. <laughs> I agree so completely. That's that's true. That is one thing that tips the hand is that why are we trying to, why are these prisoners grabbing this pigeon?
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it, right. It's not just like no, he's my friend. He's my pet. Even though in every every uh, prison movie there's always one guy that has a bird in his pocket that he feeds little like mealworms or scraps of food to. <laughs> so maybe that's maybe that's referring to these real life drug mule pigeons. Oh, yeah. Pretty cool. cool. This is a pretty good story. I can see why everybody sent it to us. One birds, two drugs, and it's every bananas. It's fun. I mean, mean, three backpacks. I'm rooting for
1: the pigeons. I'm rooting
0: for the pigeons.
1: I'm rooting for whoever is sewing together pigeon backpacks. That's really who I'm rooting for.
0: Jansport needs to step up and do just a funny a funny novelty pigeon sized backpack for f- back to school season 2023 you know maybe it's a keychain maybe it holds dog poop bags but they just need to get ahead of it and go these are pigeon backpacks they're 44.99 they look roughly purple gray blue i would love i would actually love to have and maybe i'll hunt it down for you a, an actual drug smuggling pigeon backpack just on display that seems like a nice thing to put in a little frame and put on the wall
1: a, a perfect little glass cube mm. display case with a pigeon backpack.
0: Some people like butterflies. Mm. God damn it, I'd love that. I All right, I'll, I'll try to that. do it. If anybody out there is a meth smuggler who trades <laughs> pigeons, <laughs> listen, you can make a little extra scratch, on the side. I'll buy one for upwards of $25.99. Uh, to give me one. Jessica Lind sent this mm-hmm. one in. I picked this one out specifically because I think you will like it. Oh, okay. This was on Today.com, written by Megan Holahan or Houlihan. Houlihan's more fun. Probably. Houlihan. I would say more
1: common, too, than Holohan.
0: <laughs> H-O-L-O-H-A-N. Pretty weird. H-O-L-O-H-A-N. Holohan. Holohan? Holohan. She's the best in the biz. It doesn't matter if nobody can pronounce her last name correctly. Megan Hoolahan. Um, this 14-year-old has been sleeping outside for more than 1,000 days, and he has no plans to stop. Yes, I saw this one, and I love this kid. Yeah, this kid's cool. Isaac Ortman, 14 years old, recently crept into his house in the middle of the night. He had spotted a black bear in his backyard where he had been sleeping every night since April 2020, and he thought he should wait inside until the bear left. Quote, he came in and said, "Um, there's a bear out there, Isaac's dad, Andrew Ortman, 48. We got to know these. He was 34 when he had this boy. Yeah. You got to know the parents' ages. <laughs> of Duluth, Minnesota, tells Today.com. Heard of it. He was back out there within 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Huh, Isaac, he's a rebel. It's just one of the challenges Isaac has faced while sleeping outside for more than 1,000 nights in a row. Isaac started spending the nights outdoors when he and his family were staying in their cabin shortly after the COVID-19 pandemic began my dad's like you should sleep outside this weekend and I'm like yeah sure why not sounds like fun Isaac recalls I slept outside and then in the over I slept outside and then in the weekend I was like I could beat my personal record by sleeping outside for 10 straight days and I'm like yeah I'm gonna do that This is a great kid. Also, there wasn't a lot to do in April 2020. This is a very, a lot of people are baking bread, doing pretzels. This guy's getting out there. I love the dad who was just like, listen,
1: I need some alone time with your mom. Why don't you sleep outside tonight?
0: (laughs) Sleep outside tonight. I'm 48. Your mom is 43. Do the math. Get out of here. When we first started out, every night he was coming in and trying to figure out, am I going to sleep outside again tonight, his dad remembered. I told him that you can either uh, you can make either one decision, or you can set a goal, or you can make one decision every single night. So he basically said, set a long-term goal, or you can decide every night. So he thought about that for a while and came back and said, yeah, I want to do this for a whole year. Bold. Bold. A month I would have it. been a very, a very impressive amount of time. Yeah. At this point, especially
1: in Minnesota,
0: Duluth, Minnesota in April. (sighs) It's wet and wonderful. At this point, Isaac has no specific end date in mind. He's even entertaining the idea of sleeping outside throughout college. He's just having fun with it, says his dad. I mean, he is just having fun with it. Isaac agrees. I'm not out here to beat any world record, he says. I'm just out here having fun in my backyard. Great attitude, man. Great attitude. Isaac, who is a Boy Scout, often sleeps in a hammock, like Curdy B does.
1: Uh-huh. Shout out to War Bonnet Hammocks. I love their hammocks. War Bonnet Hammocks.
0: Great hammocks. He researched gear so that his hammock, sleeping bag, and rainfly would keep him comfortable while out in the elements. He wound up preferring a company called Sierra Madre Research that makes... I mean, we know where Sierra Madre is. It's right here. hmm Sierra Madre Research that makes camping gear and donates some of its proceeds to help clean water supply in communities that need it. We love that, too. Love it. There are times when Isaac can't sleep in his hammock, though. Once, he had a 102-degree fever, and the swinging of the hammock made him nauseated. Oh, no. Pretty good. Normally, his hammock is in the back half of our yard. Isaac's mom, Melissa Ortman, 43 years young, tells (laughs) Today.com. Because he was sick, we shoveled him a spot in the snow. So he could set up a tent and sleep just five feet from our back door so he could come in or when uh, we would be close if he had a problem. Good mom. Good mom. Great job. Good. Melissa Ortman, 43 years old. You know, in her 40, 43 years young, still got a brain just sharp as attack. Sharp as attack. Not like old man Ortman who's <laughs> Andrew's 48. He's getting up there. He's watching 60 Minutes twice a week. <laughs> Uh, because he forgot it
1: the first time he's watching the
0: same episode twice i know as if this kid couldn't as if isaac ortman couldn't get any cooler at the moment isaac is wearing a cast after breaking his wrist in a skateboarding accident Ooh, he's a skater folks
1: ladies he's
0: a bad boy um last spring he had a cast uh after he broke his hand mountain biking this kid loves falling he loves falling He's even broken bones, but oh, even his broken bones haven't stopped him. Neither is cold weather. That's where, Kurt, and my brain went right away. Isaac, I slept outside when it was 38 degrees below zero. Wow.
1: This is a big, this is a, um, I, I would say for all the naysayers, there's a lot of, uh, I'm mm-hmm. going to go deep. The I'm going to go deep into the, uh, into the uh, backpacking world. A lot of naysayers about back uh, about hammocks okay. saying you cannot use them in inclement weather. You cannot use them when it gets too cold. And here is Isaac. proof. Yeah. You have the right underquilt. You have the right uh, sleeping bag. And a, I, I think he actually uses a bunch of extra layers just to, like piled on top of his uh, sleeping
0: bag. He bag. does. You can do it. To cope with the freezing temperatures, Isaac says he uses the three W's of wicking warmth and weather. The wicking layer is the layer that pushes the moisture and stuff to keep away from your body. The warm layer is your puffy coat. You get it. Uh, Some logistics will make it tough for Isaac to keep up his streak. When his family goes on vacation or visits Isaac's grandparents, for example, he always needs to plan ahead so he can snooze out in the open air. Isaac is thinking, (laughs) I I mean, awesome. Also, everybody loves this. Yeah, One less person inside the house? Yeah. It's great. One less person peeing? Great. If I had a backyard, I would do it all the time. Absolutely. Uh, Isaac is thinking ahead to when he'll be traveling for the Boy Scout Jamboree, and eventually he will make his way to Washington, D.C., where he says he would love to camp on the White House lawn and hopes President (laughs) Joe Biden will extend him an invitation. Yes. So that's his one wish. If he had one wish right now, it would be for the president to ask him to camp on the White House lawn. Isaac's dad said, wouldn't that be neat? It would be a feel-good story for the nation. Oh, it would be a feel-good story for the nation. This guy And this kid is Joe.
1: Look, we know Joe Joey listens to the pod. Big fan. Joey B., get the kid in the White House
0: lawn, okay? Yes. Sorry, Biden. You've been officially put on notice by the Banana Boys. <laughs> Anyways, I love this kid. Great for this too. kid.
1: It's the best. I actually went. I am. Um, I'm having. I have a big backpacking trip coming up from a birthday. Where are you going? Going out, uh, to Angeles National Forest. My favorite. Great my favorite place. Place to camp, and it's amazing. It's like the, An- the Angeles National Forest. It is the unsung gem mm. of Southern California. People just don't talk about it. There's not even like a a book that like outlines all of the places you can go. Right. And it is like, it, it breaks my mind how gorgeous it is up there. And it's, if I, it's 20 minutes from my home. I leave the yeah. house. I'm at a trail where I see not another human being uh, for like an hour and a half. It's the best. I was out there today. I loved it
0: so much. You're doing mad hikes. You're getting those legs working for you.
1: Yeah. And I needed to, I just got a new underquilt for my hammock. So I needed to test it out. See I how see. warm it was. Are,
0: that's so fun. Well, that's good. Kurt's birthday is February
1: 22nd. That's right, baby. 22nd. There
0: you go. Got lucky on that. That I started kind talking without knowing the end. And uh, so send him some love, bananimals, you know, on Instagram, the bananas podcast. Let him know that you give a hoot. Uh, all right, you want one to send into the break here, kid? Yeah, oh, I'm looking at Punk. He's sleeping on my car. Good for you, Punk. Do your thing. Oh, here it is.
1: Veracruz woman gets her last wish, a giant penis to adorn her grave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool.
0: It's uh... <laughs> so big. Well, we'll be back with more Hard to swallow news on bananas. I'm so sorry. I'm going to hit my air horn again.
1: All right, folks. We are back um usually i kick it right over to scotty right here but i i wanted to give a shout out please do alex Mm. alex works at the national uh center for reptile welfare how about that which is in looks like it's in the uk i did not realize that it's in ashes lane tonbridge in kent a real hot and spot. A real hot spot. And uh, Alex sent us a photograph of two corn snakes they recently rescued. <laughs> yeah, and, and their names are Kurt
0: and Scotty. A huge honor. Thank huge you, honor. Alex. Thank, thank you, Alex.
1: Thank you for what you do. And, and everybody go and uh, donate a little money to the National Center for Reptile Welfare
0: because right? they have snakes yeah. in. In England, too. (laughs) They have snakes in England, too. That's their motto. Hey, we got snakes (laughs) in England, too. Wow, that's great. I'm so blessed to be a corn snake. Yeah, me too. Oh, that's awesome. What else I do have a few. I have a ton, but we're recording. Are we recording Monday? Wednesday. Wednesday. I don't know. Yeah, we don't know anymore. Uh, This is a big one, Curdy B. Okay. We got to shout out a Canadian bananable, Isabel Cormier, who, Mm -hmm. when I said... We should put dumb billboards in places that they don't belong for the Bananas podcast. (gasps) She reached out. Yes, I I remember. And so, because I think she's like a billboard broker, and we are officially, our first Bananas podcast billboard in a weird place is going up in, talk about a hotspot, Moncton, New Brunswick, Canada, Kurt. Yes! The big one. Moncton, New Brunswick. New Brunswick is... On the east side of things, northeast of California, for sure I'm going right there right now, so London. bananas uh our good friend Fal Peralta Nicholas created the design for us. it you will spot it. there's a giant banana involved, and it is up there t- from the end of February till the end of April. It's our first but <laughs> p- billboard in the middle nowhere it's a pretty big town uh, it's the one that we approved you and I yeah. And so it I hasn't, just want to see it in the world. Oh, you know? it'll be up starting February 26, I think. Okay. So great, if awesome. you're in the Moncton area for some reason and you're not frozen solid, uh, if you're wearing your Wiccan clothing, go take a pic in front of it. It'll be cycling on a big digital, it's somewhere on Main Street and something. But anyways, shout out to Isabel, shout out to Nicholas, Fal Peralta. We really appreciate it. Yeah, um, and I'm looking at Moncton on the map right now and Moncton's just down the street from Shittick. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, so if you're up in Shittick, get your ass down to Moncton. <laughs> <laughs> and if I you live mean. in some small town in the middle of the United States of America and you think there's a perfect billboard, send it to us because we're going to do another one. It's too fun. Exactly right. It was very cool about us doing this. So as long as we can afford to do it, we're just going to put them up everywhere. Uh, Cheyenne is shouting out her one year of sobriety.
1: Oh, congrats.
0: Congrats. Hard to do. Keep it going. Nice. If that kid can sleep outside for a thousand days, you cannot drink for a thousand days. Right? Go for it, Cheyenne. Do we it believe out. in you. Uh, let's do one more here. Genevieve Millet is simply art underscore by Genevieve. She draws pet portraits in color pencil, and she is fucking good at it. Yeah. So if you have a pet, or your partner has a pet, or somebody in your family has a wonderful dog, or probably cat mostly dogs is what I saw, and you want hand-drawn portrait of that beautiful beast, go to Instagram. There is a link to her website, and it's uh, simply art underscore by Genevieve. She is a banana You can probably find her following us on our Instagram. Her website is Genevieve Millet, uh, I believe that's, or Millet maybe, M-I-L-L-E-T dot art. Go get a portrait of your pooch. Yeah,
1: you know, that reminds me of uh, Lauren and I used to live in this uh, apartment building in Los Angeles and next door directly next door yeah. was an, an older gentleman okay uh, very nice man who had crazy stories but very nice did. and was kind of like our, our our little buddy in the halls you know mm-hmm. one day he's like do you have a photo of your dog okay and we're like well we can get one yes and he's like could you give me one I want to make you something and we're like, Oh yeah like what the is this gonna be? Yeah And he comes back a couple weeks later okay. with a uh, a lacquered it's beautiful and confusing at the same time and that's why I love it's the most it's the perfect piece of art. So a, a like a piece of a stump of a tree okay that's maybe like an inch thick. So beautifully lacquered uh-huh. so you can see all of the all of the uh, circles in the tree you can see the grain of the wood. yes right in the middle lacquered in there is a picture of Zelda. Oh that's hilarious I thought and you were then, going somewhere else and then directly underneath that is just a clock with an American flag on it so oh, it's mean, like all the elements it's very confusing when you look at it that's um, so funny. It's gorgeous though it's hung right up in our
0: kitchen. Yeah, and, uh, and I hope he's I hope he's doing well. Boy, you picked the right audience, neighbor. Yeah. I mean, yes, a lot of people did. that would have gone right to the free box at the next yard sale, but not Curdy <laughs> B and Lauren. They'll hang that Zelda clock that's lacquered on a dead tree. They'll <laughs> love it. It was beautiful. Beautiful. You uh, right. want to hear the story? Here we go. I would love to hear the story.
1: A uh, Veracruz woman gets her last wish, a giant penis to adorn her grave. <laughs> now, I, I'm i looking at it. First off, it's pink. It's stone. It's pink. I love and, that. And it's probably, it's on top of her mausoleum. Uh, the mausoleum's probably eight feet tall. Good for and her. And then the the penis extends, I would say maybe 10 feet into the air. And it's probably... That a, a is gir- big. You, I don't know if you could wrap your... If you tried to hug it, I think you would have a difficult time
0: wrapping your arms around. Uh, well, I'd like to find out. <laughs> There's only one way to find out. Where is she in Mexico? Yeah, this is from Mexico News Daily.
1: Uh, this mm. was by Lydia Carey. Thank Love you, her. Lydia. Or Veracruz woman them. gets her last wish: a giant penis to adorn her grave. A Veracruz woman got her dying wish last Saturday when a giant penis sculpture was erected. Oh, boom. I mean, so good. Atop her gravestone in Ignatius Zaragoza, uh, Missantla. Caterina uh, Orduna, called Dona Cat, Dona Cat, Dona, oh, Cata Dona. Cata sure. by friends and family, was surely laughing in her grave as she often did in life according to her family at the site of onlookers, taking photos with the larger-than-life penis that now decorates the local cemetery. Dona Cata was known for her humor, sharp tongue, and sometimes racy conversation. And yeah. I think now she's known for putting a giant dick on top of her grave. Yep. Uh, she was a longtime political activist and can often be found talking to local politicians both during their campaigns and after they won. She sounds awesome. Yes. Yes. Uh, according to her family, she lamented the fact that there were so many public monuments to politicians, lawyers, doctors, and teachers, but none to the penis, a reproductive Absolutely. organ she considered worthy of honor and reverence. She even believed that the penis should have its own holiday, when its importance as a tool of pleasure could be celebrated by all. I mean, we're in favor of Dick Day, but I think we have to have we have to have Puss Day and Dick Day. You yeah, know what I
0: mean, have everything.
1: Uh, her family and they should be right at the uh, opposite ends of the of the uh, calendar. That's right. Her family, <laughs> thank you so much, Scotty. I am her- with you. Her family said that Doña Cata was never embarrassed by talking about sex and didn't believe that others should be either. The woman requested before she died that they erect the penis sculpture atop her grave to remind all who knew her of her joyful and playful character in life. I love this woman. The sculpture created by architect Isidoro uh, Lavognette was well-received by the cemetery, according to the family. They said they knew of no other monument quite like it in another cemetery in the country. I'm going to say in the world. Yeah, uh, Doña Caterina was born in 1921 and lived to 100 years old.
0: Interesting, interesting. You
1: get, you get to 100, you get to do whatever you want. That's the rule.
0: Yeah, your tombstone can look like anything you want if you hit a hundo. Yeah, you,
1: there you go. Oh yeah, you want a giant dick? You got it.
0: Boom. Boom. Huge one too. She, she sounds good. like a fun lady. She, she brought does. You a lot of joy in her life. That's why she lived so damn long. And she went out the way you know, she went out the way she came in.
1: <laughs> there good for
0: is. her. That's so fun. Mm-hmm. My mom taught. My mom taught at my high school or the high school I went to. Yes, and, but only for like the last two years that I was there. So I never had her as a teacher, and it was a big enough school where I would rarely actually see her. But I was at this one party, big house party. It was my senior year, and there was a junior who was drinking, and we we played sports together and stuff. And he was just one; of, he was really drunk, and in front of everybody. And I had kind of thrown the party together, but he's like, "Scotty, your mom taught me." what the vase deference is, and then started cracking up, and everybody's laughing, and all my friends had no idea what that was. I was like, oh, yeah? And he was just like, she did, because she taught sex ed, she taught health. She, your mom taught me what the vaz deference is, and I was like, all right, this is going to be a bit for one more time of your drunkenness. So party goes on he says a couple more times or whatever i wasn't mad or anything it was just like very funny that he even remembered the correct terminology exactly so because he was kind of a dumb guy and so i go upstairs to this bedroom it's like a three-story house huge house and there's this guy that i don't i wasn't like super close with but we were always like buds and his name was his last name was ermine so everybody called him sperm and ermine oh so he goes do you want a shotgun a beer and i go sure And so we're standing out on this little deck off this bedroom, me and Sperm and Ehrman. We shotgun a couple beers, and then right down below us, there he is, my my former uh, teammate who is just drunk and stumbling around, and he's just out back so drunk, he's just yelling at the sky. And (laughs) Sperm and Ehrman looks at me, and there's a styrofoam cooler, and we open it up, and it's just full of ice water at this point. He goes, should we just dump it on him? (laughs) (laughs) so we're 60 or 70 years old i might have had a little chip on my shoulder that night you know nobody wants to get called out so we lifted that thing we go to pour it and it's styrofoam so it just snaps off in our hands the entire thing falls 30 feet lands directly on his head and while he's screaming at the sky he just starts screaming like high pitch like "Ah!" like so loud looks up we just duck back and then never knew it was us never saw who it was so to this day, I, that guy—if he's still alive—he'll uh, probably find out. But yeah, we—you uh, bring up a Vos deference around me and my mom, you're gonna get twenty gallons of ice cold water and a Styrofoam cooler dumped on your head at thirty feet.
1: Oh, I love that! I love that so much. It, Isn't and that also, crazy? like, do they even do they sell those Styrofoam coolers still? They I must. Bet,
0: oh, in the yeah, in the South and stuff, they still sell Styrofoam cups everywhere. It, We've lived on the coast too long. Everything you think is banned is still the cheapest item for sale in the entire rest of the country that's not Denver or Minneapolis. Yeah. It absolutely. Right. Styrofoam is king in half the country. But those were so fun. Those coolers were like, I mean, I get the appeal. It's like, oh, shit, we forgot a cooler. This one's 99 cents.
1: Mm-hmm. I, uh... I do also remember something that I don't know if exists anymore, actually, is a beer ball. Do beer balls still exist? Yes,
0: they absolutely they do. do. Yeah, oh yeah. man.
1: I will tell you, I had such a good time. A beer ball, like you for those who don't know, it's like mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, if a keg has like 115 beers in it, yeah. I think the it's like a mini beer keg. ball is like a mini keg, so it's like 35, 40 beers or something. Yeah, man. Um, and it's in a and it comes in a cardboard box, but then mm-hmm. if you open the cardboard box up Inside, it's actually a big plastic ball. Yep. And once it's empty, you can kick it, and it will go. It's like <laughs> a- amazing. It's yeah. amazing how far it will fly. Uh, and I don't know why. Maybe because we were teenagers. But um, but Chris used to tell us this story <laughs> that yeah. what they would do. Our buddy Chris w- was a. Um, he was a garbage truck dude for yeah. uh, for many years and uh, for Avon, New Jersey. And mm-hmm. what they would do is if mm-hmm. someone had a beer ball, they would go, <laughs> <laughs> they would bring the garbage truck, they would hold the beer ball, and they go over and put the garbage truck on one side of the Avon Municipal Building, Amazing. which is a a massive building, yep. probably about a football field long and probably about, you know, like, I don't know, 100, 200 feet wide. Yep. Uh, it seemed like two, three stories. And then they would put the beer ball. They would lower the, I don't, the scoop. Yeah, the of, scoop. The, back of the of the garbage truck. Garbage truck. Put the beer ball so that it just like like a, 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 like a quarter of it was yes. in be, in between the scoop and the bottom lip of the garbage truck, and then close it. And as it closed it, it would just squeeze it enough <laughs> that it would go boom, and it would shoot out of the garbage truck and shoot over. The, the the municipal building Incredible. and land in the yard like the lawn of the municipal building that's probably like four hundred yards or something like oh, that. oh yeah
0: it's like a big <laughs> tiddlywink. wink like just or it's like when you hold a uh, like a pumpkin seed or something in your yes. thumb and your index finger and, you you and you squeeze, squeeze it. it and you just sm- <laughs> yes that is so funny uh, there was a people used to make fun of um, actors for being like method actors or like getting too into their roles but it's stuff like that like if you were playing a garbage man and you yes. rode around with Avon by the sea garbage guys for like a week like that is something you would never have envisioned happening yep. and then you would take that with you into your performance like sure you're picking up trash all the time but then there's all this fun stuff like he yeah, like you find like weird treasures sometimes people throw things away that are actually really cool and valuable yeah
1: he would yeah, also say that. another thing that and this is amazing and it shocks me to this to the core to this day is that because the job obviously sucked? So they would, you know, drink a lot on the job. Of course. And uh, one thing they would do is uh, after they ma- they would take a load to the dump, drop it at the dump. So that means they had an empty garbage truck, right? Then they would come back. Someone would grab a, a, a you know a case of beer, a Rheingolds at uh at oh what was it called? It was called like the Ron Diddley, the like the Ron. Je- I don't. It's some the Ron crazy Jeremy, I weird hope bar. Not. No, it was the Ronja. I don't know, Captain Ron's. Maybe it was Captain Ron's. We'll uh, go with it that. Was a Great movie. A shitty bar slash uh, liquor store
0: mm-hmm. in Belmar,
1: and uh, and they buy a case of beer and then park in back of this uh, this famous ice cream store called Hoffman's. Beautiful. Open, open the the, the scoop. Everyone would get inside
0: the garbage truck, truck. and they
1: would close the scoop enough so no one could see them, and then drink a case of beer (laughs) in the... You know what it smells like in there. Thank you. And it's the summertime. Oh, my God. It makes me want to vomit.
0: It's the best. Uh, That's great stuff, though. I know.
1: That's so specific.
0: I know. It's so specific, but it does inform. It's fun. They're also having a great time. Here's one. This was Jessica McCree, who kind of talked me into it. At first, I was like, this is so gross. Why would you do this to me? Uh And then we read it more, and she sold me on it. So thank you, Jessica, for being my rock. (laughs) Um, This was in the New York Post, which we think is poo-poo and stinky, but written by Ben Cost, who is the best in the biz.
1: Ben Cost.
0: Ben gets a a lot of airplay on bananas, because Ben Cost, clearly, they're like, oddities? Send it to Ben. He'll type anything. (laughs) Thank you, Ben. You really are the best in the beeswax. Surgeons. You know it's a good article when it starts with surgeons. hmm Surgeons extract condom-wrapped banana man ate in hormonal rage. Hormonal rage. And they say women are too emotional. <laughs> Was he trying to get some sexual peeling? I mean... That, that, that's not a good plot. You pun. have to make a jump. You have to make a jump there. I was like, I sexual
1: healing. I yes,
0: that's. But then just write it. When he gets that feeling, he needs sexual peeling. Just do the whole thing. <laughs> so we go, thing. Ben. Come right. on, man. Mediumist in the biz right now. He'll redeem <laughs> himself. I love this guy. A thirty-four-year-old man. Again, we love naming ages in journalism. We, <laughs> I guess it does give you context.
1: I guess it gives you context, and if like if you don't know the person, it is one thing we can know without yeah. having to know more.
0: Yes, he survived this long is what mm-hmm. we can take away from that detail. Yeah, 30- he's not a teenager, right? Because then you go, ah, kids say the darndest things. Yeah, they're going to be swallowing condom filth. Con- every which <laughs> way bananas but loose.
1: in condoms.
0: A 34-year-old man had to be hospitalized after eating a banana wrapped in a condom in a fit of rage fit which resulted in a serious bowel blockage. So I that imagine. thing made it it, it was run, it was going the distance.
1: That must have, he must have been uncomfortable for a very long time before he went to the emergency
0: room. Yes. And emotionally, maybe his whole adult life. Yeah. A case study describing his bananas contraceptive calamity deemed to be the world's first case of its kind. Wow. I know. Was published. I know. That's why I did this one. Because it's like, yeah, he is a trendsetter. He is a trailblazer. Um, was in uh, published earlier this week in the journal Curious. The bizarre Why don't ca- we know more about the journal Curious? And I it's spelled C U R E U S, like cure, like cure us. Oh whoa! We it's should Ford subscribe doctors, to Curious. Yeah, Fudbud. <laughs> the bizarre case came to light after the unidentified patient yeah i bet he didn't just slap his id down walking in the er uh sent it to curious patient well uh, had reported to the hospital after experiencing ag- abdominal pain nausea and vomiting meanwhile he wasn't able to tolerate any food or drink and hadn't had a bowel movement in over 24 hours that's not that long yeah not crazy not crazy uh, doctors performed a CT scan, which revealed the poor soul had a condom-wrapped banana obstructing his small intestine. Yeah, I bet you did, bud. Yeah, couldn't make it around that bend. Of huh? all the foods, co- bananas kind of have a condom on it already. Their whole thing is they're already pre-covered. You know? Yeah, and if you hadn't put it in a condom, your body probably
1: would have digested it.
0: I'm, I'm hoping so um doctors performed we already said that the patient who had reportedly had a history of depression not good we we we're sorry about that copped to swallowing here we go ben cost the prophylactic prophylactic covered fruit in a fit of quote hormonal rage and quote the inadvertent fur- <laughs> the inadvertent fruit mule was subsequently <laughs> rushed into surgery i mean ben is just Taking huge swings. <laughs> He's
1: taking huge swings.
0: <laughs> where doctors were able to remove it from his poop chute. It literally wow. says we're that. So, New York it's, Post. It does. It's, You're allowed
1: to say poop chute. It says in, poop chute. In print.
0: It says the inadvertent fruit mule was subsequently <laughs> rushed into surgery where doctors were able to remove it from his poop chute. That is what it says. My mom was a big fan of poop shoot, and uh, I wonder if it's a,
1: I can't imagine, because she was a nurse, I can't imagine it's a technical term.
0: (laughs) No. It's a good way to say it, though. It's a
1: good, it is a- It's clean.
0: It's clean. I think I might start using it with my kids. Yeah. Accompanying photos snapped post-extraction show the contraceptive swaddled bruised fruit next to a pair of surgical tongs. And it does. That's why I almost said no to Jessica. I was like, what "What did the banana boys do to you that you would send us the grossest thing on earth? Yeah. Because I thought he stuck it up. And then when I read the article and I realized he swallowed it, I was like, okay. So, you know, it was an exit. I'm just imagining the hormonal rage. That's what I'm saying.
1: That involves getting a condom, unrolling the condom. And he's just angrily looking around like what am I putting in this condom? Yes. And then he, he just grabs whatever he sees. The banana, shove it in, tie it up. And then the I imagine it's almost like have you ever seen uh like like the march of the penguins or something? Sure. Where the mom penguin comes back after months of being at sea. And it has all that fish, that fish, in its little pocket for the baby, and then just like, and then the little the little baby pigeon's like, Mm -hmm. that is how the only thing I can imagine it was like in a hormonal rage of like, shoving it down his throat full the whole
0: thing, whole thing,
1: whole thing. The swallowing must have been
0: saving it for later. Is what you're saying? He he was planning ahead.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because he, or, look, we don't know. Maybe he was going somewhere. Maybe he was going somewhere.
0: He could not bring that banana. But he he
1: knew he was going to want a banana later.
0: No other podcast is coming (laughs) at it from that angle. So Maybe. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) (laughs) he knows something we don't know. There's currently a Chinese balloon floating (laughs) over the country. Maybe this unidentified 34-year-old hormonal guy just said, you know what? We're going to need <laughs> potassium when the world ends. Who's the idiot I'm now? I'm going, and ben Cost. Wait until
1: I pass this banana, and then I'm going to eat it.
0: The man was discharged three days. They, they Ooh, kept an eye on him. After wow. the potassium balloon's removal, whereupon he recovered to the point where he could eat and poop without issue. I'm guessing right. out of his poop chute. Mm-hmm. Two weeks after the operation, he was tolerating a low-fiber diet without nausea or vomiting, the report said. And he had returned normal bowel movements, and his pain was well-controlled. They added six months after that, he continued to endorse normal bowel. This is why we got to get Curious. This Mm -hmm. is good reporting. They followed up. Yeah, doctors sprint to their mailbox when Curious is being delivered. (laughs) Was he able to endorse normal bowel patterns and diet? Yes, he was. (laughs) He was able to slowly resume his active lifestyle, and active lifestyle could have been in quotes there. It wasn't, and had no other major concerns. This marked, here's the interesting part. This is what really pushed me over the edge, besides Jessica, my rock. This marked the first known instance of someone swallowing a banana in a condom Per the study, authors noted that small bowel obstructions are rare and usually usually result from the ingestion of drug-filled condoms mm-hmm. to smuggle illicit drugs. Big drug Classic. episode, this one. Classic. Use a pigeon, you ding-dongs. This isn't the first time I swallowed an unusual object, however. I mean, that's a sucky-ass sentence. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> Earlier this month, doctors were flabbergasted after discovering that a four-year-old's colicky pain turned out to be caused by a magnetic bracelet he had swallowed. Uh-huh. And My that's... kids have those mag;
1: they have magnet balls.
0: Oh, is that what that is?
1: Yeah. So essentially, like, the balls get... You can swallow one, and then if you swallow the other one, like, one goes, like, can go around the curve of a... Uh, your small intestine, the other Oof. one's there, and then it feels it, and then it connects through the walls of the sm- intestine. I'm just Not like, great.
0: Yeah, not and great. these
1: kids are putting everything in their mouth, so I'm always just like, don't
0: swallow that. That is That does seem, as a non-parent, it seems like the first six years of their life, you just tell them not to put things in their mouth that they shouldn't, especially the first yeah. three. That yeah. seems it, like serious everything goes in your mouth time.
1: It is, and then right after that, you're just always constantly nagging them about absolutely everything. The other day, Gus just walked over very casually and threw Olive's shoe in the toilet. <laughs> That's science, just in baby. In front of her, just yep. walked up, looked her in the eye, threw the shoe in the toilet, walked away, and I was. And yep. obviously, he got in trouble, but. Uh, okay. But uh got to respect the, the boldness.
0: Performance <laughs> art. That That is a future. That kid will be in MoMA in 10 years doing that to world leaders. And we'll be like, whoa, yeah. yes.
1: Get it, Gus. Um, oh, oh, my God. That was what they, one more Gus story, and then I'll let you tell your story. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Love this area. We were we were at, at the front gate. We were on our way to go to the market. Gus is in a stroller. And a, a guy we don't know with a kid is walking by. We okay. pretty much know everybody in our neighborhood with kids. New, new guy with kid. New guy so with we kid. we stopped chatting with him for a little bit. Mm. And the chat had reached the point of a stranger chat where it was like, it's time to move on. Yeah. We're saying, but, hey, nice to see you. Mm-hmm. But we n- neither of us had moved on. It ha- was going too long, and at the exact right moment, Gus from the <laughs> from his stroller just went, "I need to go away." And <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, "Yeah, that's our cue." Goodbye. From
0: the cheap seats, thank you, son. You, you gave him a lollipop right after that. Well done, <laughs> yeah. boy. No, I. Uh... I went to dinner, excuse me. I went to lunch two days ago with a friend of mine. Been friends with her forever. And we're eating lunch. And I called her out on something that I've been secretly thinking about for, I don't know, 15 years or so. She is a secret picky eater and has gotten away with it for so long because she does this thing that I don't think our other friends in the friend group notice. We will order something. Oh, Kurt is rising, his standing desk is rising. That desk has been a real game changer for you. <laughs> I had to stand up. I had to stand up for these last couple months. They really are good though. Standing are desks awesome. are great. We we highly recommend them on the pod. That would be a funny sponsor to get that we just suddenly are like Anderson oh. Standing Desks.
1: Oh my god, I would love a standing desk sponsor. I would I, mean, I, I would I would get another one. I'll put it
0: behind me. Put them everywhere. <laughs> so my friend I've been wondering this and I've started like clocking it secretly a picky eater, which in New York and LA, it's kind of tough to be picky eater. Cause all of us go out and just order the craziest things that we can possibly order all get the, the time.
1: Ca- get the calf heart.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, the calf heart here is so good. Like you and I are bored with oysters. We've eaten so many oysters in our life where now if somebody brings it up. It's like, you might as well just offer us a piece of wonder bread. We're like, yeah, we've had them. We've had enough to feed a whale. We're not interested. We're snobs. So, But I noticed she did this thing. I'm talking 15 years of friendship that no matter what you want to order, she agrees. She'll be like, yes. So you go, let's get calf heart. Well, we'll pick something less offensive. So (laughs) let's get mini corn on the cob. Nobody can be offended by that. She'll go, yes. Oh, my God. That sounds so good. And then she'll order something kind of plain, a chicken sandwich per se. And then this is what I noticed, and this is what I called her. I was just us at lunch two days ago. When the the food comes that she clearly doesn't want, she grabs it right away and takes a bite and every time goes, oh, my God, that is so fucking good, and then never eats it again. (laughs) And then just eats her meal. So if you get two of those things, she'll do it twice. Oh, yum. Oh, this is so good. This is so fucking good. And the only reason I've picked up on it over the years is because I always end up, they're like, do you want any of this stuff to go? And I'm like, it's always the shared stuff that I can tell she doesn't like. Yeah. And so I called her out, and I was like, do you not like any of this food? She goes, what do you mean? I go, you took two bites of that, said it was oh so fucking good, and then you didn't eat another bite of it. And she's like... I didn't like it. I was like, "It's okay not to like it." She goes, "I can't believe you're calling me out like this." Well so I was like, "Well, I'm going to pay for lunch," but this is so. Fun. I was like, "You don't need to lie to me." She's like, "Okay, good." I was. <laughs> she's like, "Did you, have you been like?" She was like, "Have you been wondering this?" I was like, "Yes." I was like, "For the past few times we've gone out, there's always leftover food. It's always something you say you love, and then take one bite of, and then ignore for the rest of the meal." So, anyways, to all our picky eater bananas out there, it works. It works. It works. Yeah.
1: Y- you will trick people for a very long time. Fifteen years, you could trick them. And I pay attention to everything. He really does, folks. You know. Yeah. You listen to this podcast. You know how much Scotty
0: pays attention. And it it was. I was just always on the assumption because we sharing food is the best thing the friends can do. And it's just like, oh, she's happy with this meal. Oh, she's happy <laughs> with these these clams. Oh, she loves them. Weird that she ate one and. Didn't go back to them after exclaiming that they should be hung from the rafters.
1: <laughs> oh, boyo, um, boyo. I'm gonna send us home with one. You I ready? love that for us. Yeah, it's gonna be easy peasy. This was sent in by uh, I. Th- it's either uh, Mahia H- Helena, Mahia, or uh, Magia. Pretty name. uh, This was in the uh, Guardian. And I'm not even going to read the whole thing because the the details are pretty much here. Got it. In the title. Dancers, flash mob funeral with another one bites the dust.
0: Mm, Perfect.
1: (laughs) Uh, It was written by Matthew Weaver in the the Guardian. Oh, he's good. the, uh, The little tag here is, Sandy Wood had requested the stunt as a part of her ceremony, which also included a pink coffin marked with the words, going out in style. Oof. And uh, there's an interview with the dancers. like literally, they were hired. No one knew them. So they were strangers at this stranger's funeral. And then they had to like come in and then like sit as if they're mm. mourners. Oh yeah. And then at a certain point, someone like pulled out bump, a jam box bump, and hit. And then they had to all get up and then do a, like a choreographed dance.
0: Uh, Amazing. Terrifying for the dancers, but really beautiful. What a way to go out. And this episode, drugs and deaths and a kid sleeping in a hammock. We really covered a lot of territory. And a banana and a condom. And a banana and a condom swallowed. Drugs, Thank you for listening to the Bananas podcast.
1: Uh, And I think the title of this one is going to be Drugs, Death, and Condom Bananas?
0: Sounds good to me. Nah, it doesn't ring off. We'll work on it. We're on it. We'll work on it. We'll 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 spitball it. All right.
1: Thank you to Kay Levine, our producer. Thank you to Lisa Maggot, our producer. Thank you to everyone at Exactly Right. Thank you to you, Scotty.
0: Thank you to Kurt. We didn't name a banana of the week, so we're giving it to you. You're the banana of the week for picking the Super Bowl winner so accurately this year. Kurti B, <laughs> banana of the week for picking the Super Bowl winner that he definitely knew it happened <laughs> oh <laughs> I and mean, follow um stuck truck hill on instagram stuck truck hill it's an it uh, it's been registered as a landmark in los angeles we're great. gonna hit a thousand followers it's incredible and come awesome. visit stuck, stuck truck hill on google maps Ba-da! bananas the podcast bananas Bananas is an exactly right media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa
1: Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas. bananas. Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you
0: get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show.
1: And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.